0: Hello and welcome to our weekly market podcast, being Pete Perry by Asset Management. I'm Daniel Moore, Senior Investment Strategist here. And this week I'm joined by Guy Davy, CIO of our equities business. And we hope to share with you some perspectives and insights on what's happening with the equity markets. Clearly we're all impressed, shall we say, by the rebound we've had in equities over the last several weeks. Uh, But now a lot of questions about how sustainable that is and what's the right type of investment allocation to have in this environment. If we look at what's happened over the last week, the messages we've gotten from the markets, what data we're going to get this week, one thing to highlight is that we will have U.S. CPI data this week. And we talked last week when uh, Dom DiAlto joined us from our fixed income business. ...that our view is that we are going to be seeing more disinflationary forces rather than inflationary forces, despite uh, the reduction in capacity and disruption to supply chains. But one of the challenges we face is that we're not even sure how reliable the data is. Uh, If you think about a government statistician that's trying to measure inflation... If no cars or almost no cars are being sold or no one's going to hotel rooms, what's the price of that car or that hotel room? So a lot of challenges ahead of us when we think about inflation. The other thing one would be looking at, particularly this week and over the next several weeks, is what happens to infection rates, particularly in countries now, as they try to reduce the social distancing measures that have been imposed. And if we look at what's happened over the last several months, we had seen a fall in the percentage of countries seeing rising infection rates from uh, nearly 100% that had seen rising rates to now closer to 30. That has picked up over the last couple of weeks. So this is primarily concentrated in emerging markets that are earlier in the pandemic where you would expect to see rising rates. Uh, But now we'll be paying close attention to what happens in Europe certain parts of Asia, Hong Kong, Singapore, and the U.S. to see if governments are successful in reducing uh, social distancing measures to try to get economies back on their feet. Other key developments, particularly in Europe, uh, the decision from the German uh, Federal Constitutional Court about the ECB's measures to support the Eurozone economy after the Eurozone crisis. The impact of that has been most directly seen in Italian government bond spreads. That have moved back up to around 240 basis points now it's still lower than the peak we saw in march when they were around 280 and still below levels that we saw at the end of 2018 uh, but certainly not the low levels that you would anticipate the ecb is trying to achieve with its own 750 billion euro uh, expansion to its quantitative easing program so it's certainly something that's going to be occupying investors as well as politicians uh, likely over the next several months at a minimum. The other key development of course, is, were the release of data for the US labor market, uh, which really can only be described as catastrophic. Unemployment rate, 14.7. Uh, underemployment rate so people who aren't uh, as engaged in the labor market as they would like, 23%. And the realization that even if these numbers start to come down quickly, uh, it will take a long time, perhaps years before you get anywhere close to the levels that we saw before the crisis hit. Now, one slightly encouraging point is that a majority of the jobs lost, uh, we're saying in in restaurants and hotels, which you could imagine jobs that could come back relatively quickly uh, if uh, governments allow restaurants and hotels to open up again. But at the same time, if there are social distancing measures, restaurants simply won't be able to serve as many uh, people as they were in the past. So it's still an open question how much activity can bounce back. Very last point, what indications we are getting, particularly from China, we did get better than expected trade numbers. But if you look at the PMIs that were reported for China for the month of April, uh, of the four series that we follow for the services and manufacturing sector, Two out of the four actually showed positive but declining activity versus the previous month. So even there, uh, where the view is the government has been very effective, frankly, in controlling the outbreak of the virus, still some struggles in the Chinese economy to reopen and get back to normal. So that's it for our market update. Let's turn to the equity market. So, Guy, uh, triumph of the optimist is a classic investment book on stock market returns in the 20th century. We seem to be uh, seeing optimists in the lead for equity markets today. After the very strong rally in stocks since the 23rd of March, do you think? We've seen the cycle lows. Can optimists triumph again this year? Well, thanks, Daniel. Um, And hello, everyone. Thanks for taking time
1: to listen. Uh, Best wishes to all of you, wherever you may be around the world. I'm an optimist, Daniel, as you know, um, and there are reasons to be optimistic. Um, however, uh, it would be wrong in our view to extrapolate recent market events and particularly the recent strength in share prices. Um, perhaps contrary to, popular, uh, to the popular view, the swiftest rallies often appear in, in bear markets. The short covering attracts entrants who fear missing out and buying begets buying. Um, and whilst sure, there are bargain hunters abound, given that the declines in, in stock prices and indices in many areas were great enough and fast enough to earn term crash, um, the question we have is, you know, were and are they really cheap enough to more than offset the social and economic impact of the virus, that many of which you, you were talking about a second ago? Um, you know, this is a multi-year event. So, you know, what do we know? Well. Uh, We know that some companies will survive. Uh, We know that some will survive with a great deal of change and remodeling, and some will emerge winners. We also know that the market and the infrastructure that supports it is, by construction, optimistic. So it's our job within equities to make money for our clients through investing in good stocks, being those companies that we believe are wrongly priced, and those companies we believe to be the winners. And it's on that element that I'm optimistic and confident.
0: Great. Thanks, Guy. And the question then is, can you talk, please, about how performance has held up among your portfolio management teams during what is very clearly a challenging period? I think this is a time when, when principles, key principles, really become extremely important. What key principles have you had that have guided your approach?
1: Sure. Uh, And a quick note, just for perspective, Um, we've got some pretty seasoned investors within the team. So, uh, whilst the last weeks have felt extreme, uh, we're no strangers to volatility. Uh, I, like many on the team, have worked through the Asian crisis, the late 90s, the dot-com bubble, the GFC, uh, and some have managed assets through uh, markets surrounding Black Monday, uh, 1987. Um, So, we've seen a good deal between us. Um taking uh, the point in terms of key principles first, um, I guess the, the first point that we've been emphasizing is, is, is stick to the script. Um, over the years, we've honed our approaches to focus our attention on uh, what we believe drives stock prices and on our demonstrable strengths. So maintaining that forensic focus is what really moves the dial, and so sticking to the script. Um, Second point, be aligned for opportunities. This isn't a time to to shy away. Uh, Volatility offers opportunities to, for example, trim some positions, to accept others. Um, So as mentioned before, um, we've been very much focused on improving our portfolios, both from a return and liquidity perspective, as opposed to being startled and and running for cover. Um, As as you know, um, we manage conviction portfolios uh, with high active share, Um, and with uh, relative risk increasing at the margin. And then if we look at performance, so far so good. Our equity exposure has by and large delivered uh, strong relative numbers. Um, Walking around the world, if I may, for a couple of moments, uh, our emerging and China exposure has worked well. Overweighting commodities and underweighting key sectors in countries in the former, which is positioning that we've worked on now for the last 12 months or so, is generating strong returns, uh, which we hope will continue. Um, our US exposure is generating great numbers. Uh, absolute numbers in the US have also rebounded and are leading other uh, main markets uh, across the globe. Stock selection within our small cap strategies has also been positive as for our thematics, which has proven pretty, pretty resilient. Uh, positioning stock selection for larger companies has also been positive. Here, the perceived quality and resilience of our holdings is being rewarded by by the market. And then when we look across the globe, with an unconstrained perspective, our stock selection and relative numbers have also been pretty good. So, so far, so good. Reasonably good news.
0: I think we all appreciate that when we come out of this, things are going to be different. I hesitate to use the word new normal because we've had how many new normals over the last decade or so. Maybe we'll just call it the next normal. Uh, as we do emerge from the acute phase, at least of the pandemic high, what trends and changes do your teams anticipate will influence their sector allocation in the future?
1: Well, that's, that's a great question, Daniel. Thank you. Um, and, and first, I, I think it's important to sort of restate our view that share prices ultimately reflect earnings. So our portfolio positioning will be influenced by relative assessment of earnings and earnings growth and hence our sector allocation is a reflection of those stock discussions and decisions. So, um, what amongst the uh, plethora of factors we look at are the overarching themes shaping our discussions at the moment, so our research priorities, stock selection debates, and so on. you know, I, I can highlight a number from the broad array. First, an important one would be corporate disruption the various ways in which the pandemic will create new sources of disruption or amplify, amplify uh, existing disruptive trends within the corporate sector. So a couple of examples, um, the shift to teleworking and agile working, you know, as we are all doing at the moment, um, to the benefit of companies offering the best-in-class solutions in tech and logistics and potentially at the expense of commercial property, for example. Um, healthcare. In the medium run, supporting the fight against COVID-19. In the longer run, we're likely to see uh, higher spending as a percentage of GDP on healthcare capacity. National security arguments, obviously, producing key equipment domestically, and so on and so forth. Um, Globalization or deglobalization. Um, The transition from global to local market uh, supply chains um, as a greater share of production process may take place closer to the end consumer. Um, now, that benefits companies with local suppliers, um, but it also leaves um, our China-for-China China strategy very much intact. Sustainability, you know, how the crisis may, may prompt behavior of both the private sector and policymakers to more, towards more sustainable outcomes. So, you know, within the private sector, um, there's clearly a groundswell of, of demand for action on inequality for air, uh Air quality, uh, given the consequences of the virus. And from a public sector perspective, stimul- stimulus and support measures uh, linked to green projects. Corporate strength and industry structure. you know These are areas that we focus on very much and have done throughout. Um, how the crisis may lead to an economy with fewer companies, as I mentioned a second ago. Potentially enjoying greater pricing power, thanks to some companies failing and others being sufficiently uh, financially constrained, so they cannot invest in contest markets. And finally, to the consumer, you know how attitudes to leisure, travel, staples, safety uh, will evolve. So, you know, it's it's a super interesting time to be investing for our futures in so many, so many ways. And to the first point about optimism, these are, in my view, some of the many reasons to be optimistic uh, in our stock selection.
0: I can summarize then what I think Guy has shared with us. First question exactly around optimism. Certainly, it, it matters whether, broadly speaking, equities markets rise or don't. But the real opportunity for us and for investors uh, are to find the parts of the market, the companies in particular, that are going to benefit from the changes that the, the pandemic has pushed upon economies. So that's certainly. Uh, what we're trying to do and where active management uh, can really step to the fore. In terms of principles for the teams, number one, stick to the script, do what you know how to do and what's worked hopefully in the past. Nonetheless, look for those opportunities, focus on quality and the trends that we think about that are going to be driving those changes uh i guess again one of the key principles to keep in mind is earnings 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 that's what drives stock prices so where are you going to see earnings rising uh and certainly anticipating significant corporate restructurings given all the pressure that companies are under that's going to change the landscape deglobalization clearly something that's has, has a trend that's been emphasized, something that started with the trade wars, but now with coronavirus uh, moving even further along. So a lot of change, moving landscape, but of course that's always where the opportunities are. So thank you very much, Guy, for sharing your insights with us. Thank you all who have listened to the podcast. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact.